This is Santos Escobar. And you're watching for our wrestling. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Pro Wrestling for Life. Fuck. That was a harmonica. Yeah, yeah, that was Nick. All right, my co-host, Nick Hausman here, playing the fucking harmonica. Hey, Nick. Mm-mm. What's on What's on the show today, Nick? <laughs> oh, we're going to have some fun here today, Sean. This is a big one. I mean, really big. You know, we're very blessed to have a lot of great guests here on the show, but this week... Uh, We got two really big ones. After we talk uh, some of the news of the week here at the top of the show, first of all, we're going to hear from WWE NXT superstar, the leader of Legato, Del Fantasma, Santos Escobar in the house. And this is a long time coming, Sean. You guys have been going back on social media for, going back and forth on social media for a while now. Yeah. Yeah, we have. And uh, finally, finally, Santos Escobar made it onto Pro Wrestling for Life. Um, oh uh, yeah, um, yeah. It, I was. It's great, great conversation. I hope everyone enjoys it. Uh, you know, he kind of he kind of lets his guard down a little bit, and he's just talking like a normal cat. You know, um, you know, there's some stuff in there he talks about, man, that really hit like hit the heartstrings, man. Like the shit he talk, talks about with his dad, and like, um, yeah, man. You see, like the. I mean, you know, on TV, man, his persona, man, I love his persona, man. But like, he, he shows a little different side of himself in this. I know? was, I was pleasantly surprised how nice he was, because yeah, you see him on TV, and you're like, that is not a man I think that I would spill a coffee on, you know. Uh, but yeah, he was really down to earth, and I agree, he was very open. There was a lot of great conversation here with him. Yeah. So, uh, I, yeah. So I really hope everyone enjoys it. Um, you know, I really had a great time talking to him and just love that guy to death, man. Just like uh, appreciate the respect he's always shown to me since the very first day I met him. So. Well, yeah. And after Santos, uh, the hits keep on coming uh, because we are going to have Ariel Helwani in the house. Ariel is, of course, one of the preeminent uh, MMA pro wrestling analysts. Great conversation. Another business. Yeah, man. Conversation. You're looking. You're lit. You're lit up, man. Like realizing what we got coming up here on this show. Right no, now. I just say, look, you know, Ariel. He's known as the MMA guy, but like he was an old school pro wrestling fan before MMA. So uh, yeah, I love that he, um, you know, keeps showing the love. And we were supposed to do a game show segment this week. We went to connect with our contestant, who's just a fan of the show, Jesse Baker, and Jesse didn't show. So we're not going to have a game show segment here. Maybe I'll tell you about it at the outro. I'll tell you what I had in store for the, the game this week. But, Jesse, that's your loss, and we're going to find another contestant now. So if you're listening, you want to be on the show, you want to go head-to-head with Sean, you can uh, shoot us a DM at Pro Rest for Life, use a hashtag, whatever, hit me up. We'll figure it out. But we got two great guests and a lot of news to get to, so let's get to it. Let's break it down with some news you can use. News will leave a bruise. Uh, the draft was this past week. Uh, Friday night, it started on SmackDown, continued on uh, to Monday night last night on Raw couple NXT call-ups, Zia Lee, uh, Ridge Holland uh, going to be heading up. And, of course, uh, Hit Row Records all getting called up to the main roster. I think, I believe, all going to SmackDown as well. Yeah. Good for Hit Row. Uh, get on the big stage in front of, like, the biggest audience. And um, they're going to do great. I, I mean, you know, provided that creative does their part, like, they're going to do great. I really think so. Um and 
Um, you know, Ridge Holland, uh, he, he's got such, such upside, man. That guy, I, like, I'm a big fan of that guy. Um, uh, from the moment I saw him down at the performance center. Um, and so, I mean, he's been down there in, in the system down there for a minute, but not a long time. Like, not like, okay, Jesus Christ. What are we, you know, like, when are they going to do something with this guy? So some people are surprised he got called up already. I'm not, I think he's ready, you know? Um, and that's what that NXT, I mean, look, uh, they're, um, they're supposed to be a developmental, you know, brand or whatever. And, you know, to, you know, get guys ready for the main roster, quote unquote main roster, if that's how they're doing it again. And if that's the case, then this is the right thing to do with these people. Um, and Zia Lee as well, man. Like she's, I'm a huge fan of hers too. You heard me talk about her. Oh, uh, dude, um, I'm stoked for her on SmackDown because like, you know, not that it's good, not that it's good or bad, but Raw, I feel like caters oftentimes a little bit more to kids, and, and SmackDown has a little bit more of an edge to it. You know, they seem they seem to want to go for you know young adults a little bit harder, uh, more sports centric, I guess is maybe the words I'm using for with the product over on Fox. Man, nobody says like killer athlete like Zia Lee. I mean, you just look at her the way she moves, all the martial arts. I I I think she's gonna be a dynamite over on SmackDown on Friday nights. I really excited about yeah. it. And just her, the way she presents herself in all, like in every manner, you know, um, she's just, it's really impressive. Like mm -hmm. I'm, her social media game is tight. Like, I mean, not that that's like a, you know, it is the, though. The, but it's huge these days. Like today's, today's uh, pro wrestler, um, you have to be your own producer, all that shit. You know, uh, so yeah, um, yeah, big fan of Zaya's, obviously. Fucking, I don't know, yeah. it's about the 10th time I've said that in this segment. Sure, sure. Uh, and you know, it sounds like they're trying to create a big uh, star for China as well, which is going to be great, you know, for them to be able to break into that market and have somebody that they can market over there, you know, because Zaya Lee's backstory, I think Hunter's talked about it on a couple of the calls, is crazy. Like, she came from a very rural part of China, like the whole experience of coming to the States and being in the perform, I mean, what a what a story, man! That's like, I mean, I don't know if it was, was it her that got disowned or like some crazy. It was like some really crazy like sacrifice she made to for this shit, you know? Yeah, it was her family. Like, and, and I think it was like her, or, like the country. She had to make a choice or something yeah. like that, like to decide to stay in the states, and it was very, very difficult. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, well, uh, yeah, big, big news there with all the NXT call-ups coming up. Uh, the draft overall, I thought was really enjoyable. I was at replay Lincoln Park host, a party with a bunch of fans, made a lot of new fans. Everybody seemed to enjoy themselves. And, uh, unlike, uh, last year where I thought SmackDown just like kind of swept the board, Raw got a lot of big talent this time. I mean, Becky Lynch moving over to Raw, Edge, Seth Rollins. I thought that there's a good haul for, for Raw this time around. Hey, so I've been seeing like. You know, uh, and reading some shit, and um, it seems now like, as opposed to in the past, like you know the 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 draft and all that stuff, it was just like another gimmick for you know ratings on the show or whatever. But like, man, these networks are really like getting behind the shit. Hey, no, we need the, like they're fighting for fucking talent on their show, right? Oh, a hundred percent. USA, like NBC versus Fox over like who gets the best talent, right? I kind of wish we saw more of that. Like yeah. I'm really, I would be really intrigued to see the actual negotiations with, with USA and Fox kind of to figure out who gets who on each brand. 
you know, Charlotte was the big get from Raw to SmackDown. I guess the Fox executives really wanted Charlotte Flair, so they got Charlotte Flair. Yeah. You know? So you got Jacob Allman fighting to get you on your show. You're gonna probably get him. Hey, and you know what? Those USA execs—they were smart. They brought—they got Gable Stevenson out of nowhere. I don't know how that was gonna work, Sean. This guy is still in school. He's fighting for the NCAA Division Championship, and he's also a Raw superstar at the same time. That is a lot. That's a lot at 22, you know? Yeah, dude, just a fucking gold medalist in the Olympics. Dude, that's not a lot. Do you? It's another fucking day at work, dude. Come on, man. These are high. These are fucking people that that they operate on a fucking level that you and I can't. And and dude, I've operated on a pretty high level, but you and I can't even fucking fathom it, Nick. Do you do you put him right in? Do you have him start wrestling? Do you put him in a group? You know, to just no. kind of no. Just take your time, man. Yeah, yeah. Plus, you don't like you don't want to you don't want to get him hurt either, right? You know? So yeah, that's true. Um, well, um, talking about people getting hurt, one man who has reckless disregard for human life, it would seem, is uh, Arn Anderson, aka Armed Anderson. That's what CM Punk's calls him. So last week on Dynamite, he cuts this promo trying to get. You know, Cody Rhodes all hyped up, trying to find that darkness, that inner, you know, evil to battle Malachi Black. And he has this line about how he's the kind of guy that, you know, if somebody pulls him over on the side of the road, and I'm paraphrasing here, he'll get out, pull his Glock out, put it up to their head and, and blast their brains out. And, you know, talking. No, about- it wasn't. Dude, come on. You got to get it right, though. Okay. <laughs> it was no, this cool. is fucking important, dude, because he's talking about someone trying to carjack him, not right. just some fucking dipshit coming up to his car door and he's going to blow his head off. He's talking right. about someone carjacking him. And he said, fuck you, I'm going to blow your fucking head off. It's way different. Okay. Well, way different. I was paraphrasing here. I'm trying to find the exact uh, Glock promo lines of dialogue here. But yes, it was if he was getting carjacked, he would yeah. pull the Glock out and defend himself by blowing somebody's brains out. Even I'm with him. him. I'm fucking with him. <laughs> and I've never owned a gun ever. No, my question, my question is, does this, you know, I when I was when I was taught to cut promo stuff, killing death, that was kind of a line I was told to not cross. But at this past week, Arn the Glock thing, Goldberg's like, I'll murder you, Bobby Lashley, out in the desert. I, 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 I don't know how you feel about it being taken to those lengths. I Arn's was natural. The 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 the, the Goldberg stuff was a little bit more forced. In my okay, opinion. it didn't okay. seem as. It did, the shit would fuck Arn. That shit just came rolling off Arn's tongue. <laughs> so you think just great, great promo that Arn cut on Dynamite. Fucking great. Awesome. Yeah, I agree. That I'm was a- sure there's going to be some people that totally disagree with me, and I could give two fucks. This episode of Pro Wrestling for Life is brought to you by Roman. That's right. Look, no one's perfect. You know, even the best basketball players, they're going to miss the hoop, right? And good golfers, sometimes they're going to three-putt on the green. And if you feel like you are coming up a little short in the bedroom. Well, that's okay. Because if it's bothering you, there are options, and you could go to GetRoman.com slash Xbox. That's right. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, Nick. All the comfort, all from the comfort. It's a good reason. <laughs> Nick, here's the thing. Like I was telling you before, man, I... I've never needed anything like this. I'm very manly. Um, never had a problem in my entire life getting it up. No. But oh, but I'm getting older, you know, and got a little prostate issues, and it really helps with that. That's the real reason why I'm taking it. 
<laughs> of course, yeah. And you know what? Uh, a U.S. licensed healthcare professional, they're going to work with you to find your best treatment plan, Sean. So if medication is appropriate, which sounds like maybe the case for you, it it's going to ship to you for free, and it's going to ship with two-day shipping. That's right. And getting started is simple, Nick. Just go to getroman.com slash xpoc and complete the online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it, Nick. Yeah, you just got to go to GetRoman.com slash XPOC now, and you're going to get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED, and that is going to GetRoman.com slash XPOC to get $15 off your first month, Sean. Hey, really, there's no, you can't really put a price on uh, pleasing your partner in the bedroom. You really no. can't, man. Like, no. like, all, like kidding aside, like I talked about, you know, oh, I've never needed this before. Man, hey, even if you don't really need it, need it, like, man, it can't, it can't hurt. <laughs> no, no, it definitely doesn't. Just, to, you know, for a fun night around the house, you yeah. know, go to GetRoman.com slash XPOC. And again, you're going to get started now using GetRoman.com slash XPOC. And you're going to get, and I know you can't put a price on it, but getting $15 off your first month of treatment, that's not a bad deal. That also helps. Well worth it. Hey, Roman, thank you for sponsoring Pro Wrestling for Life. <laughs> All right, everyone. Welcome back to the show. And I'm excited to be joined right now by Santos Escobar. He's my favorite guy in NXT right now. What's up, man? How are you? I'm very happy. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. Uh, you know, uh, you're a legend, a big fan, and uh, I hope, I hope we get to have a match. Yeah, it would be wonderful, man. Hey, hey, man, what's up with all this humility and and everything, man? I'm used to I'm used to the Santos Escobar. I'm <laughs> I'm hearing on TV, man. Oh, it's um, right here. Just give yeah, me a couple man. of minutes. Right. He'll jump in. Yeah. yeah man. <laughs> hey, man, I'm so happy for you because, look, I'm aware of the, like, your journey, right? Like, I remember, like, there was talk of you coming to WWE several years ago. I don't want to get all up into the story on why it took you a little bit longer to, to get here, but you're here now, man, and you're crushing it, my friend. And, uh, like, just, and not just, like, in the ring, like, like the total package, man, you know, the, the swag. The uh, you know, the in ring stuff and 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 man, very good on the mic, man. Thank you, thank you so much. Uh, I think one of the, just like you said, it was a it was a lot of years. Is he coming? Is he not coming? And then uh, you know, stuff happened that I don't even know what happened, but I didn't get to come then. Then uh, more stuff, AAA, Lucha Underground. Uh, yeah. but then finally. Finally, uh, I got to, to go to WWE, and of course, it's been an adventure, all of it, but man, being through the PC, the coaches, Hunter, Shawn Michaels, Terry Taylor, Fit yeah. Finley, Stephen Riggle, I mean, I've been doing this for... 20 something years because I was born into this business and yeah, man. 
I'm a second generation luchador, uh, being all over the place. But the one thing I, I committed to do was I'm going to reset my hard drives and enjoy this process. Because to me, it was just like uh, getting a scholarship to go to Harvard, uh, MIT, something like that, where you get the opportunity to be around these people and learn. Uh, and of course, yeah, I, I'm, I'm still, you know, I'm still not humble. <laughs> I'm still, I still have the Thomas personality going yeah. on. But man, you have to be humble and, and realize where you are and enjoy having these people tell you, hey, do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. And, you know, it's just, it's been an adventure that yeah. I wouldn't change for anything. I loved it and I'm getting better week after week after week. And now that I have new people around with NXT 2.0, oh my God, this is going to get even more fun because now I'm the veteran, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. So, man, I think it was a good thing, man, that it took you a little while longer to get uh, to where you are now because, man, watching you grow, uh, you know, in AAA – and, uh, you know, becoming the main event star that you are. Like, you came in, to that, like, you were already a main eventer when you came yeah. to NXT. Like, I don't think a lot of people realize that when they see somebody coming to NXT and they're not familiar with the international scene or whatever, man. Like, you're not, like you said, man, you're 20 years in. And uh, you're main eventing and uh, selling out arenas, man. And, yeah. And so, yeah. Uh, but, man. Still, when you come when you come to, to NXT, man, like, can you talk about like, like you know, the things you the things you learned after you got there, man? Like, we we think we we think we know what's up, man, and then like, uh, then somebody tells us new things, man. It's like, wow, man, I never thought of that, you know. You know, I've heard the expression. I'm learning things that I didn't know I had forgotten. That. That's kind of the, the, the vibe. And, and you have to be humble. That's the word. That, that's the word of the day. You have to be humble because the first thing you do, well, in my case, I got hurt. So the first thing yeah. I did was I went under and I got my knee fixed, uh, which that in and of itself, it's humbling. It's humbling enough because now you're walking into a place where you think everyone knows who you are and they're expecting you to perform and you can't even walk. Wow. Talk about going back to the line. But then it's just the, the, the most important thing is that you have to understand that anything you've accomplished, anything you've done in the past, you should live it there and try to enjoy this yeah. as if it was the first time. Because if you're not coachable, then all of this is, is uh, of no use. You can't have Shawn Michaels come and tell you you should do this if you're thinking, no, nah, man, I'm a main eventer. I'm doing 300-plus right. shows a year. Yep. Uh, I know this. No. I mean, you have to embrace it. And it's not easy because it's been a while. When I got here, I got hurt, went through surgery, all the rehab and all that. And then you have to go through the rotation, which is yeah. training, in-ring, um, um, lift weights, uh, skull sessions, all that. You have to go through it. And in order to be able to assimilate it, you have to embrace it. You're going to be tired. Bro, I used in Mexico, 
uh, I would travel. I would have six or seven shows a week, yeah. if not more. Because sometimes we did two or three shows in in this, any any given on Saturday. A Sunday. Yeah, you know it because I mean Mexico is different. Uh, you have to improvise and you travel. You come back, planes, airports. You have to adjust. That was my life. Then flatline. Then start learning again. The cravat. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Ring, Robbie Brookside, uh, Norman Smiley, whom I know from Mexico twenty five yeah, right. years ago. Uh, I mean, it's been amazing. I've loved every second of it, and it reshaped me into something different that I would have never accomplished had I not been able to come here. Yeah, man. Hey, and you know what, man? Uh, what's really cool too is, uh, is the, is the faction that you formed. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's great that it's great that you got Raul and, and I don't know what we're calling him now. DJ, DJ Z. Oh, uh, Joaquin Wild, Wild, man. Two great talents, man, and they were trying to figure out like what do we do with these guys, and it's just been a perfect fit, man, and it's really helped those guys shine too, man, and I, I really love to see it, man. Absolutely, I mean, this 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 business we're in is, of course, for me, it's tradition, is my life, is what I do, is what I love, but it's also a business, and it's a business of confidence. Gotta have confidence. I'm I'm Mexican. I shouldn't even be here. I shouldn't, I shouldn't even be able to communicate with you because I'm from Mexico and Mexican people don't speak English this well. And Mexican people shouldn't be able to stand in the middle of a ring and grab the stick and cut a promo. But I'm doing it. And the reason why I'm doing it is because my mom was behind me all my life. You're the best. You're the number one. You're the champion. You're a star. And at some point, I believed it. My dad, in the other hand, was like, nah, you ain't good enough. Damn. You have to go back and you, you work harder and you ain't good enough and you give me more and give me more. But eventually, the character, the confidence, it just it comes alive. When you have a certain amount of time in the business, you learn that you will gain more by helping other people than outshining them. Yeah. And that's what I did with Raul and Joaquin. They're both amazing talents, amazing off the charts. We we needed to give them that push. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, okay, it's your time. And it's been numerous occasions where I have to cut a promo and I bring them in. And you should say something and you should say something too. And eventually it becomes natural. And then you have someone like Electra Lopez. Right, exactly. Amazing, beautiful, young talent. She's hungry and she looks the part. Now you have an act. Now we can make Vince McMahon some money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, man, it's like what you were just talking about, about helping others and like being unselfish with, with your knowledge and just and all of that. Like there was a, when I was in Mexico and like even in Japan before that, when I was really young, you know, and Universal and like all the, the, Old school, legendary lucha guys, you know, Brazos, Vianos, Santo, you know, all those guys. Like, they would tell me, like, there was a certain mentality in Mexico where, like, some of the old, like, guys were, like, very selfish. Like, like there was, like, an expression 
keeping all the candies to yourself or some shit like that. Like, uh, I went and, through that too. Yeah, yeah, and and I noticed it down there, man. And and like I was very giving, and like man, people were, uh, uh, man, they they really appreciated it because I, I like I don't think they were used to it. Yeah, uh, I went through that too. I mean, yeah. if, if you see, um, my my first match was probably around 98, 99, something like that. Wow. So I still had a little bit of those guys where you would just have to go out there and figure it out. Fight for whatever you could get almost. Kind of be ready, stay yeah. ready. That's something they tell us all the time on NXT. Stay ready so you, you don't have to get ready. That's something that I have forgotten. And wow. I have to re I, I it just came back to me. Like I remember all those days where I would be just nervous and, and stressed out because I didn't know. And my dad, you know, the wise man, he, he would always tell me, you have the training. You know what to do. You're in perfect shape. Don't worry about it. Just go out there, enjoy yourself, and protect yourself at all times. And that's what I did, and that's how I thrived. And I managed to, you know, climb the ladder. Yeah. And eventually, and in Mexico, you know, it, it's not easy if you are a second-generation wrestler son of a legend it's anything but easy everyone right. wants to test you everyone wants to know if you know the the bases and and are you aware of the roots of the business and are you ready to carry the legacy and this and that and all that and you have to get into fights you have to yeah. just make yourself through it and then eventually it just kind of you struggle 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 for years sometimes and many people doesn't make it and sometimes you finally make it and you find yourself in the main event being a main eventer. And that's a whole different thing than just being a part of a, of a match right. than being a superstar. It's a whole yeah. different treatment. And that's when you enjoy it. It took me 12 years to get there, 13 years to get there. But when I got there, I realized I could do it that way, be selfish, be hard on the new guys or I could lead them and teach them how we do it. I won't lie to you. At more than one occasion, I had to go the hard way. But most of the time, it was, oh, thank you, sir. Thank you, boss. Thank I you know. for showing me. And that's what I try to do now on NXT because we're all the same. That's true. Yeah. But some of us have been a little longer. And maybe you have a different output on things. And instead of keeping it to myself, I share it. Sure, say, this is a business, and if we all do good, we will all do good. Hey, man. Oh, go ahead, Nick. Uh, no, it's just no, yeah, no. I just want to say, yeah, you know, you, you talk a lot about stepping up and giving back. You know, it is NXT 2.0. You know, there are a lot of fresh faces around there right now. Uh, what, what for you is different about NXT now 2.0? Like being inside of it, what is different for you with the, the new iteration of NXT as opposed to like what you were doing before with NXT, I guess, I guess 1.0, you know? Well, in my case, my, my group, Legado del Fantasma, is pretty much the same thing. Right. Bad asses. But something that I love is opportunity. Opportunity is something that you have to be very aware. And when it comes, you have to grab it and hold on tight because that's what kept me away for 11 years. Opportunity. You miss it. Who knows if it's going to come back. And so... 
the very first night, NXT 2.0 was like probably 10 or 11 debuts. That, to me, on a live show, that's unique. I was there. I saw it. These guys were a week ago. They were just training and doing their reps in the gym, and now they have to go live and have a main event and have a crossover and have a open the show, cut a promo. That ain't easy. That's 2.0. It's an opportunity up for, for grabs, and whoever's stays ready, that's who's going to get it. Hey, was that their first uh, time in front of a live audience, too? Because I know, like, the Coconut shows, I don't know if they're still going on or not, man. Like, were, were, were those guys able to even get any ring time in front of people before that de- debut? We run the shows uh, in-house. Uh, okay. All the Coconut, the coconut Loop, we, we run it in-house. They do have their in-ring reps. But remember, this was NXT 2.0 debut, and the whole venue was new. More crowd. Everything was different. If you see, it's more uh, kind it's of a brighter in there, like you could like the kind of raw brighter look in there. The, the the mat, the cameras, everything's different. But for them, it's not even different. It's new. <laughs> for us, it's different <laughs> yeah. because we were there a week ago. For them, it's brand new, and they have to bring it because this is a business that's run every single week, and we have shows on Monday. Tuesday, Friday, and then all over again. And we go on the road, and that's how it works. So all the time you were training and learning from these legends, okay, now settle, go out there and do it. Perform, execute. I love it. I love the pressure. Hey, man, how how much more do you feel like you have to accomplish in NXT? And when do you feel like, uh, you know, uh, you might want to make a move? Well, I feel ready. I mean... If you had asked me this a year ago, I would have said uh, I want to stay longer mm-hmm. because just because – and remember, I will never get rid of the, the, the tradition and, and legacy and culture of, of, of this that's in my blood and my veins. But the business side of me, I needed to learn more, more. Just learn more so that I can perform to the best of my ability at any given day or night or place. Now I feel ready. Do I still need to do more on NXT? Well, if they keep me there, I'll take everything. I'll take everything they put in front of me. Should they bring all of us to SmackDown and say, we'll be ready. We're not only ready, we're hungry. We know we have a mentality of business and we want to make business and we want to create a sensation and we want to work for um, not just our target, our personal target, which is the Latino community. Yeah. Los Mexicanos, los Puerto Ricanos, los Cubanos, los Centro Sudamericanos, los Latinos en Estados Unidos. But since we can work the stick and we can perform 100% and even a little more, we can perform to any given target at any given show on any given day. Yeah. And so I feel ready if they want to keep me around. I'm going to destroy the place. And if they want to put me on SmackDown or Raw, I'll do the same because I'm ready for that. Well, and and I've said something. I've said something. Sorry. I've said something since I got here. But, of course, when you get to WWE, you want everything. You want to be a Hall of Famer. You want a main event WrestleMania. You want to be uh, the champion at any brand, all brands. 
but you don't know how. You have to know the product, know the business, know how it works. And, and for that, you need to learn. Now I'm ready. I'm ready. Just give me more time, and I'll be there. Uh, main event in WrestleMania. Why? Because I want this for me. I want this for my family, for my country, for Lucha Libre. And maybe, who knows, Hall of Fame. Only time will tell. Fair enough. I, I should I should note we're recording this on the Thursday before the draft actually happens. We're going to be releasing this after the draft. So by the time this goes to air, you may already be on SmackDown or Raw. We don't really know what's going to happen with you right now as we as we exit this conversation here in a little bit, you know? So, I know. Yeah, this is a big week for everyone. Everyone's excited. Everyone's got the, the buzz, you know, like, hey, what's going to happen? Hey man, are are you gonna stay in Florida if they if, when they move you to the main roster? Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's the that's the kind of answer that my wife would want right? to address. Because <laughs> you know, I have my 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 son and my daughter here, and wow. Let me tell you something. I'll, I'll tell you a little story if we have the time. Oh yeah. From the first time I laid eyes on WWF. I fell in love with with what it was, WrestleMania, the shows, all of it. And and my dad used to tell me, "Well, if you like that, get it." And he never he never kind of I was I was always at school. I was a my mom was behind me so that I would go to school always and learn English and learn French and be correct and all that. And my dad would take me on the road to the gyms, you know, but he, he never saw me as a, as a luchador. He saw me more like maybe a lawyer, maybe a politician, a businessman, but never a warrior. Was that and his hope, his hope for you? I just think he, he was, he thought I was too sweet. I don't know. He never, he never thought I'd, I'd be tough enough. And boy, oh boy, that hurt me bad. Wow. For the first 10 years of, of knowing this because I was training on my own, I would go and train with him and then I would find a way to train with someone else and learn more. And just I just wanted to prove to him that I was worthy of his name. And, you know, in Mexico, the dad inherits the name to the son. Yeah. And he didn't give his name to me. He gave it to someone else. Wow. Uh, my cousin. And, oh, that hurt bad. But there's the people that will break under pressure. And there's the people that's going to, it's just going to light a fire on their behind. And that's me. Because when I saw that, I just, I just thought to myself, I'm going to get that name. You're going to give me your name. I thought about it. I, I, didn't, I didn't say anything because to me, it was pretty obvious. He thought his legacy was not going to go on with me. So I, I, I used a different name, different mask, and I was just working, working my behind off, working, working. Eventually, it did give me his name. And that's when this whole thing began where he was like, oh, I guess I was wrong. Well, now I'm going to be behind you the whole, all the way, and I'm going to push you as hard as I can so that you can accomplish what you want, and the whole time, the goal was to get here. And we're talking about 30 years ago, 28 years ago. 
if you see all the intricacies and, and twists and turns that have happened along the way for me to get here, wow, we could have a documentary do them. But the, th the, the thing is, you fight for what you want, you see something, you get it. And I was ready. But my kids, I brought them from Mexico. They, they didn't speak English. They used to go to school in Mexico and speak Spanish. And they had yeah. to adjust and learn. And I don't know, this has become their journey more than mine. You know, and I know I, I, I just went all over the place with no, it. No, no, that's good, man. But just to answer to you, to me, this was my goal the whole time. To them, now it's a different, I cannot bring them back to Mexico now because it took them two years to adapt to a school, to a language, to the way, the American way, the way we do things here. I couldn't just take them back. So should I go to Raw or SmackDown, I would probably stay here. Stay there, yeah. Right on. Very it's cool. not a bad place to be. And so if you may wind up on Raw and SmackDown and outside of NXT, you know, who are some of the people you're excited to work with? You know, you've had a certain pool down at NXT. Obviously, there's a pool of, of really great talent up on Raw and SmackDown as well. Oh, yeah. Oof. Well, right now, you know, we have a lot going on on NXT. But, you know, this this kind of this kind of things just happen. And they one day you're here, the other day you're there. But should that happen, there's something I want to do. And that's uh, work with Ray. And uh, I know it's a, a probably now it's a cliche to work with Ray, but it's important to me. Uh, I call myself the emperor of Lucha Libre, el emperador de la Lucha Libre. Uh, and to work with him would be just, and I think it he would love to work with me as well. I mean, I know it. I know it. I just know it. We've worked before in Mexico. Uh, and in Lucha Underground, uh, it would just be magical and it would be good for business. It would be good for Dominic as well, because I mean, why not? I mean, I'm, I'm a second generation luchador myself. The story is right there. So yeah, that's something I would love to do. Uh, anything else? Of course, I like the bloodline. I just... It just—it's mm. something that resonates with me and my boys and Electra. It resonates with us, the tradition, the family, the roots. Yeah, man. You know the the sacred part of what we do and the leadership that comes with it. Uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just and, such a storyteller. It feels so authentic, man. You know, it just feels real when when you're watching it, man. And man, and you guys too, man. You gotta. It's it's it just has an authenticity to it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Every single time you have to tell a story, uh, if you believe it, if you feel it, people will feel it too. I uh, I personally am geeking out a little over the idea of Legado del Fantasma versus the Bloodline. You know, <laughs> especially with Electra and the wings there. I mean. You know, Naomi, of course, has family in the bloodline. You could certainly do something there. But, man, that would be a banger. You think about, you know, you guys in the New Day, right? I mean, there's all these great entities. Even the reformed Hurt business right now. It's a great time for factions in WWE. Here's another one. L-W-O. Oh! <laughs> man, it's just, that's just, that's something that's waiting to happen. It's right there. It's right there. I mean... 
I, I haven't met uh, Vince McMahon yet. I met him like 10 years ago in Mexico when I was doing my tryout. And, then, you know, I've never been afraid to approach people. <laughs> and I just came over and say, hi, my name is Jorge Alcantara, Mexican. I want to work for you. Little did he know I was going to work for him 10 years after that. But I haven't been able to talk to him. And, you know, I just I, I, I know that he would either love me or hate me. <laughs> but that's something that still needs to happen. No, man. Hey, he would love you because, like, I know what he was looking for, uh, especially when, when Alberto Del Rio left. Uh, like, and you fit every box, bro. You, like, every every <laughs> box check mark for, for you. Thank bro, you. Thank you so much. Bro, the, the, the being able to rock the mic in English, bro, that's that's huge for him. Mm-hmm. I know. And that's that was the that was the thing that always made me feel different, you know? Uh, of course, the in-ring ability, gotta have it. Gotta have the talent, because Lord knows I'm not 6'5", 275 pounds. But you gotta have the talent, you gotta have the hustle, but you gotta have the mic. That's important. You gotta have the mic to talk to your Mexicanos, to your Latinos, and you gotta have the mic to talk to the American audience, yeah. to embellish them. To enamor them, you know, you gotta be able to tell them a story without taking a bump, and then yeah. go crazy with the bumps. Hey, man, it, that just reminded me of the the time I tried to cut a live promo, in ring promo, down in Mexico. It was <laughs> like like one of the big shows, right? Uh, like Verano de Escandalo or whatever. Yeah, it was. yeah, it's like it's SummerSlam, dude. Because I could I could talk a bit, like little conversation in Spanish, but. Man, when I got out there and tried to cut that promo, I shit the bed so bad. The people, the whole place was laughing at me. And I'm the baby face. Oh, brother. You had to be there, I guess. They'll uh, kill you. You're telling, yeah. you're telling me you, Sean Waltman, shit the bed with a microphone in your hand? I've never seen that in the history of your promo ability. So It was in Spanish and it was in Mexico. Mexican, yeah. Mexican crowd is very different. Yeah. Uh, while we have you here, I know we're tight on time. Uh, uh, Talk. To, I just wanted to ask you about what it's been like to work with Hunter. You know, obviously, friend of of Sean's. What it's what's it been like getting to know and, and work with uh, Paul Levesque? I love my big boss. I just love him. He's a straight shooter. Uh, when I got here and I hurt myself, I was so ashamed. I swear to you guys, I was so ashamed. And I remember Sean. Remember this one yeah. time. It was some sort of big uh, town hall meeting, and I was on one side of the arena, and you was on the other side of the gym. And I just walked towards you, all shame, and say, "I swear to you, I'm just gonna, I, I get over this," because I was ashamed. I wanted to prove something. The first time I met Paul Hunter Triple H in Mexico, ten years ago, I was doing my my tryout, and they had the first Raw live in Mexico City. So I was walking and I always dress the part. I always dress sharp, no matter what. That's just something that comes from my dad and the Mexican Lucha Libre. Always dress the part. And I remember I was just walking probably to catering and Hunter came past me and he said, that's a badass tie. And he kept walking. That was it. And then when, when I saw him again, and now I, I'm working with him and we have this good report. I, I reminded him 
this is a tie. <laughs> I kept the tie for 10 years yeah. and I show it to him. But the point is, uh, he's such a nice person, straight shooter, uh, always teaching, giving, always giving. He's not the kind of boss that's always taking something from you. He's always giving you. And the way I see it, all the tools he's given me are tools that will make me a better performer. And of course, it's going to better my financial position because I'm going to be better at the business. And that's something I wouldn't change for everything. And while we're talking about Hunter, we should talk about Shawn Michaels. Yeah, Shawn Michaels is always right there. And he always has the right words to tell you. Always. Sometimes we're struggling. And this is something I've done since I, I came to NXT. Is some people might think I've overproduced my stuff. And that's just the way I am. I have a different mind for things. I'm always thinking about the cameras and the time and how this is going to come up to the audience. And sometimes we'd be struggling because you have a long show. It's a two-hour show live. And Santos Escobar's segment is not always going to be the most important segment of the night. And that's the, just the way it is. So I just put on my producer hat and start producing. But sometimes you just can't find it. You, how do I come across with this? Here comes Sean. Well, you should do this. And everything is like, why didn't we thought about that? And then comes Hunter without haven't heard what Sean said and says something to the same effect. Yeah. And we're all like, oh, we're such amateurs. <laughs> <laughs> how did we not see this so clearly? That's how it is to work with geniuses. And all the people there, wow. It's it easier to see things when you're standing back a little bit and you're not right this close. The only thing you know? that gives perspective is distance. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, uh, WWE NXT 2.0, Tuesday nights, USA Network. Uh, of course, we can find you, uh, Legato Del Fantasma. Uh, thank you very much for joining hey. us today on, on Pro Wrestling Flies. One more thing, man. Hey. Sure. Yeah. hey, man, I just want to tell you, uh, it means a lot to me, man, uh, the respect you show me and, uh, you know, wanting to have a match with me and, you know, putting that out there for people to see and, Bro, I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for that, man. And I would love to get in the ring with you one day. Uh, as long as long as I could do my part, man, like as, if, if, if things keep going well and I can get back in there and, and you know, live up to what I need to live up to, to, to have a great match with you, I would love to. I would absolutely love to. It would be an honor for me, bro. You could be the guy to put me out of my misery. <laughs> wow. That was wow. Thank you so much. And I mean, you know how much this means to me because we're in a we're in a business that's very unique and different, and it's hard to find people that will will shoot straight to you. You know, uh, I, I always say we are a family. We are a big family, but you you have bad cousins and bad uncles and families. Not everyone loves each other, and it's really hard when you, when you to find people like that. And Sean, I just want to tell you that all I have for you is love and respect for all the bumps and all the matches and all the pleasures you've given me and millions over the years. And if there's any way I can repay you 
by being in the ring with you, you would that would be my Hall of Fame moment. Wow, man. That would be it. And now you've just made my list. You've just made my list because my list was main event WrestleMania. Yeah. Madison Square Garden. Have a successful career that might lead to a Hall of Fame. And now put X Pac out of his misery. <laughs> it's right there. Yeah. Wow. Look at an actual list with all that stuff you just said. That's crazy. Yes. If you don't do that, you'll never accomplish it. Wow. That's true. Thank bro. you so much. And I love you. And I hope I see you soon so I can hug you in person and love tell you, too, you my bro. Meant every single word you've ever said to me off camera, every single tweet you've dedicated to me, every single retweet, like, it's just as if I was there with you and you, you're giving me this. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. Uh, I will make you proud. I you already do. Proud. You already do, my friend. Have an amazing day. I've been watching you, Sean, for a very, very long time. You're a legend. Congratulations thanks, on the Hall man. of Fame and everything you've accomplished. Uh, so, like I said, this is an honor for me. Thank you. Oh, thanks, thanks, Ariel. Hey, um, for anyone who doesn't know, this is Ariel Hawani, and he's one of the premier uh, MMA journalists and also a uh, big res pro wrestling fan. Which were you? Hey, Ariel, not there. I, I, you didn't even need the introduction. Sorry. No, no. Um, but hey, were you? Which were you a fan of first, pro wrestling or, or combat sport, martial arts? Oh, no, pro wrestling. Pro wrestling yeah. was the first sport that I ever was a fan of in any way, shape, or form. I remember vividly being in my local um, video uh, rental store. Uh, this is probably 86, 87. I'm four or five years old. And uh, I remember seeing the box for WrestleMania 1, Hogan and Mr. T up against the ropes. And I loved it. Bret Hart was my first favorite athlete. I adored yeah. Bret Hart as a kid. In fact, I have vivid memories of being at the uh, the doctor's office as a young boy, and I was nervous about getting a shot. And uh, my my mom told me, close your eyes and think of something that makes you happy. Yeah. And what I thought of was Bret Hart winning the, the heavyweight championship. This is before he became like a single star because I loved him so much. I thought he was the epitome of cool. Um, oh. when, I was when I was in first grade, I was like seven, eight years old. My parents took me to the Montreal Forum to watch a uh, an event. It was the first event I ever went to, and I'll never forget Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect. They had an yeah. all-time classic match, and they fought to a draw. Bret went on top of Perfect, one, two, and then the bell rung, and they said it was a time limit. These yeah. things are like stuck in my brain. And my great claim to fame is that I was in attendance for the Montreal Screwjob in 1997 as a fan. I was there at the Bell Center. I'm from Montreal, so right. – um, it it uh, it was a big deal for us, and uh, yeah, I've loved wrestling and uh, always appreciated it. And I believe that uh, my love for pro wrestling led to me becoming an MMA fan and an MMA journalist. If it wasn't for pro wrestling, I don't think there is an MMA sport out there. So I have a great amount of respect for it. Thank you, and and um, it, I'm glad you just brought that up because I was gonna I was gonna ask you at some point. You know, uh, there's like a it doesn't seem as bad anymore. It seems like the, the like the pure MMA fans are being a little bit more open about pro wrestling these days. I don't know if like, you know, the, I was going to bring up the Dan Lambert, uh, America Top Team stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, but do you do you see that getting a little bit 
less tension between the two different band bases or is it still pretty bad? It's it's annoying if if I'm being honest. Like I do yeah. a show called the MMA Hour, but you know, I've interest in a lot of other stuff. And I think that there's a great um, connection between wrestling and, and MMA. I think that the roots of MMA are in pro wrestling. For sure. And over the years I've had wrestlers on and some of the fans get all hot under the collar. Why are you having this fake guy on? And nothing pisses me off more because I feel like I've been defending pro wrestling to right. a whole host of people throughout my life um, saying that you guys are athletes, that it's not fake. That And now I'm going through it because I'm a dad and right. my kids are into it. And like their friends' parents are like, but isn't it fake? I'm like, no, it's not fake. You want me to go through all the examples? So anyway um, – I feel like there's been times where, you know, the two worlds have kind of come together, you know, punk coming over to MMA, Brock yeah. going over to UFC, et cetera, et cetera. But for the most part, I just think that there's a lot of insecure MMA fans who don't want to acknowledge or admit that, you know, MMA's roots are in pro wrestling and they're only fooling themselves. Anyone, and I think even Dana White himself would admit that he has taken a lot from the world of pro wrestling and there's nothing wrong with paying respect to those that came before you. So I don't know. And, and you know, I'm sure you know this. Dan Lambert is a massive pro wrestling fan. Yeah. They okay. used to, like I was like, it was like Conan Silvera told me like when I met him, they would set a ring up down oh my there. God. They he would do wrestling fan. matches there. He has a room in his house with maybe like 50, 60 belts. I don't know how he's gotten these over the years, but like the legit, like the one won by the rock. I think he has the one that I think Stoke Cold like threw in the water. Like he's got like, an immense amount of belts. The guy is such a huge fan. He's a bigger pro wrestling fan than he is an MMA fan, and he owns one of the the best teams in the sport. So I think uh, it's cool seeing him cut promos, and I think he could be a great heel manager. If I'm being honest, I don't really understand what the payoff is in this in this particular feud. But uh, you know that's that's getting into the weeds. Right. It, Are you enjoying it though? I like seeing those guys in there, but you know, here's one thing that really. Um, rubs me the wrong way i don't like when people play pro wrestler and i actually wasn't a fan of ronda rousey the pro wrestler i thought she oh, was wow. playing pro wrestler she would walk down the, the 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 ramp and almost acting like the celebrity who's there to make an appearance at wrestlemania waving and smiling like you don't do that when you're going into a big fight you're intense you're focused especially her and i felt like just the whole gimmick everything about her was was off she felt like she was playing pro wrestler. And so when I see some of those guys there, I want to try to coach them and tell them, like, don't play pro wrestler. Act like yourself. Act like you would be at an MMA event. I think the one who could be a huge star, I don't know how much you know about Kayla Harrison, but Kayla Harrison, I think, could be more successful at pro wrestling than Ronda Rousey was. Two-time oh. gold medalist in judo. She's in the back there with Dan Lambert, and she is an immense talent. And I think she's kind of I'm, – I'm like – looking at their body language and it's yeah. clear that someone told them like Paige is going like this too much, like just little things like that. I think they're playing too much and I think they just should act like themselves. So those are my critiques about that. Particular wow. wow. Interesting, man. Yeah. I love wow. this business, man. I, I, I've been uh, watching it. In fact, uh, a brief moment, I actually spoke to Jeff Jarrett before I became an, an MMA reporter about joining the TNA creative team. This is like back in 2005 based oh, on the wow. recommendation of Kurt Angle, who was there at the time. But he wanted me to move to Nashville and all this stuff, and that wasn't really in the cards for me. But like, I've been watching and respect you guys so much. I, I love everything about uh, pro wrestling and just have an immense amount of respect for everything that you guys have done. I, I appreciate that, man. Um, 
Hey, Ariel, I just want to take a second to congratulate you on uh, becoming a United States citizen. Oh, thanks. That's yeah, awesome. Man. Yeah, I appreciate I, it. I'll always I, be Canadian uh, in my heart, but this country has given me a lot, so I'm very proud of that. Yeah, man. And and like and so I don't know why I know like I've known you're Canadians for, for a long time now, but uh, for some reason I had this assumption that uh, that you're maybe from Toronto or, or you know you Montreal. Know, yeah, oh yeah, I know that, but yeah, I, but I didn't pick up the accent, man. And I'm a dude. Montreal is my favorite uh, city in Canada. I love oh yeah, it, man. oh my. Does God. it have anything to do with the nightlife? Well, it did. <laughs> it did, man. I used we used to go to this uh, out by the airport. It was a little bit kind of seedy, but it was. It's called Shea Francis. Oh, okay. And, yeah, and we used to always go there and have steak dinner and watch the ladies and stuff. Yes, so. yes. Montreal yeah. is known for that. Um, there's yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Great wrestling town, rich wrestling history there, but also, of course, the nightlife, uh, the women, you know, very famous, the Las Vegas of uh, the Northeast, as some people have called it. Uh, I know fascinating, fascinating pro wrestling scene up there and like history and all that, right? Yes, you know, the Dino Bravo stuff, just all that crazy stuff. And, anyways, yeah, I don't want to get all into that, no, no. It's a great um, Mad Dog Vashon and all those yeah. guys. Yeah. Hey, Nick, you want to hop in here or just going to yeah, let I, me Bogart? No, you did. It's fine. I mean, why would I step on this conversation? No, I mean, you know, you've talked a lot about, you know, uh, some of the MMA influences of pro wrestling. You know, uh, one of the things I wanted to kind of pick your brain about, since you do know the business so well, is who are some uh, pro wrestlers to flip the coin that maybe you'd like to see entertain stuff in MMA? Is there anybody that you see right now you'd be like, man, I'm really interested to see. What would it be like if I could pull them out of this space and maybe throw them into a cage to see what would happen? Oh, man, that is a good question. I see Roman Reigns using that Superman punch, which feels like it was taken from uh, from my man GSP. Although I asked him about that, it doesn't seem like uh, it's something that he would be uh, very interested in. Who's like a legit, like, shoot, tough guy? I feel like back in the day, you know, Taker, I had the the honor of interviewing him one time early on in my career, and he told me that if wrestling was as popular – uh, excuse me, MMA was as popular, you know, at the time as it was when he started. He would have highly considered um, mixed martial arts. I'm happy he didn't because he obviously turned into a right. legend. I feel like a guy like Booker T could have been uh, super tough. You know, we've heard a lot of stories. Haku, I've always heard that Haku was like the toughest guy. You you would probably know better than sure. me. But I'm trying to think right now, like who could be, you know, Gable Steveson, the guy that the uh, WWE just signed, was yeah. flirting with MMA. And I would have loved to see him go that route, but I think he made the right choice by going down WWE route first. You know, it seems like that's uh, the smart. Uh, Dawkins is a big boy who seems to be very agile and uh, and athletic. I don't know who comes to mind. I'm, I'm you're kind of you're stumping me on this one. I'm oh, just curious. I'm not trying to. It's not like I'm trying to stump you. This is not a gotcha question. I'm just no, no, curious. I know. I just I feel like I should have a better answer here. Hey, so hey, Ariel, um, you know, these days, especially like a just focus on wwe right now and they're recruiting and and all that like man there are a lot of legit like i don't want to say world class but maybe i should say like athletes man that they're recruiting like from combat sports and mm-hmm. you know judo just that and the other thing man like Smart. It's just much more yeah man these are real legitimate athletes man and and it feels good to have people like that in the wrestling business absolutely i think personally this is my opinion 
I think a lot of that has to do with the new president, Nick Khan, who comes from the sports world. And I think he's trying to, and you see with some of the hires on camera, like reporters, you know, like McAfee and whatnot, I think they're trying to get people who are coming from, you know, the traditional sports world, mainstream world to, I don't want to say legitimate, no, no, wrestling doesn't need to be legitimized, but, you know, to kind of blur those lines like, oh, real, not all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I know they're looking at a lot of, um, of those athletes that aren't, just, you know, in the past you would come from, you know, entertainment or just someone who's interested in pro wrestling, but I think they're doing a, a great job of recruiting. And I think you see that with NXT as well. I had an opportunity to go. I actually, I think that's where we met right at the tryouts in Vegas. And I thought that that was really interesting to see, um, you know, just how, uh, how they're doing it now. And it feels like it's a lot more, um, Again, for lack of a better word, legit, like like focusing on athletes and then right. we'll develop. Now, I think you need to have a personality. You need to have a character. If you don't, you're going to fall flat. But if you're also not athletic and you have the personality, you're also going to fall flat. So perhaps the line of thinking is, and I would love to see more managers, more mouthpieces. Yeah. Uh, I think that that's a lost art in this sport. And Lambert would be great at that. Heyman, of course, is, is a legend. But, you know, you can always kind of, you can you can help someone who doesn't have a great personality but is very athletic, Brock Lesnar, with a great manager, as opposed to someone who is, you know, not athletic and has a great personality. So yeah, I'm happy to see that. And I and I, I think that now with like AEW doing its thing, there's almost like this arms race who could get to people first. And I think yeah. that's best for business, right? When there's a, a competitor, a rising tide lifts all boats, in my opinion. That that tryout in Vegas was really interesting because, like, um, you know, it was the first time like a lot of us in the press really kind of seen that, you know, watching them run drills and stuff. But I thought that the post uh, tryout scrum with Hunter was maybe the most interesting part because that's when he like right out of the gate said ninety percent of these people have never stepped foot in a wrestling ring, and I feel like that was really their big coming out and like we're changing direction here, moving a little less away from independent wrestlers, focusing more focusing more on those athletes. And I just wonder how that affects the two products is. WWE gets filled up with these world-class athletes that didn't really do the indies. And it seems AEW is going to reap the benefits of all mm-hmm. these very passionate independent wrestlers are all winding up in the same pool over at AEW, you know? Well, I'll just say a couple of things to that. Number one, I, I hope that uh, Paul is feeling better. That's a very right. scary thing. I know he's a friend of yours and uh, he's been very, very kind to me over the last few years getting to know him. So I wish him the best. That was a really cool scrum. It felt like, you know, we were at like, a sporting event you know i know that they don't do that often so it's really great to get that kind of insight and access uh i hope they don't move too far away from the indies completely because that's a big part of this business and uh, i think that they are making a mistake if they completely turn their their backs on them because look at all the great people that have come from that world as well look you can make a very strong case that a lot of the decisions that wwe has made over the last couple of years has helped aew tremendously and some of them you're sitting back and wondering, like, how could you let this guy go? Um, and you don't know everything that goes on behind the scenes. That's right. Like, you see a guy like Adam Cole and how over he is. And it's like you had him on NXT and you hardly even gave him a look on the main roster. And just look at the fans reacting to him. Not everyone, as you know very well, Sean, needs to be the same giant guy with that's the big right. muscles. There's different strokes for different folks. And that's what's great about pro wrestling. So I hope they don't turn their back on, on the indies. But if they do, again, it's going to be uh, – as you said, AEW's benefit. I was I was saying this a couple of weeks ago <clears throat> when word got out that that was what they were going to be focused on. Now, um, I listen. If there's somebody out there creating a buzz on the independent scene, you don't think they're going to uh, be on WWE's radar? You're crazy. Yeah, 
you know? So, They're not going to turn their back on that. Exactly. But they still need to have that open door and and be, you know, like I thought, I think Paul is a tremendous uh, talent evaluator. And I think his, his, his uh, resume speaks for itself. And uh, I hope that when he gets back to being 100% in the very near future that he can, you know, they'll, they'll let him run NXT the way he was running it because NXT was on fire uh, a few years ago. Perhaps ill-advised to to rush into going into a, a head-to-head battle with AEW because you're talking about the third brand against the top brand for another league. It's like it's like you know UFC putting a uh, a low-level fight night up against you know Bellator's best card each and every week. Like it just doesn't work that way, and uh, it's it's understandable if AEW with the names that they have are beating them. And I don't think that should be an indication or an indictment that, uh, you know, NXT is, is a bad brand that needs to be, you know, rebranded and all that stuff. So anyway, I I think that um, WWE over the years, the track record speaks for itself. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. And uh, I'm one of those old school guys. Like, I don't think pro wrestling is a bad word, a dirty word. I, I I love that, you know, and I think the, uh, you know, sometimes it gets a little bit too crazy with the sports entertainment stuff. I think we all became fans of this because we love pro wrestling and it's very refreshing to have options now where it's a different product with different characters and a different mindset. Mm-hmm. I think pro wrestling is on fire and dare I say, I think it's hotter right now than the sport that I cover MMA. I think it hasn't been this interesting for over 20 years. Wow. And I think that right now, like I am tuning into everything and I want to see who's showing up where, who's going to up the ante, all that stuff. And MMA at times can feel a little bit stale. It's, I'd say this is one of those times where pro wrestling is hotter than MMA. Wow. I don't, I don't argue with that, man. Yeah. You know, a hundred percent because like the the UFC, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just because it's been on top so consistently for so many years and people are just kind of bored with it. But like the buzz does not feel the same to me as it did a few years ago for UFC at the moment. There's a lot, you know. There's a lot of UFC. It's almost on every week, and if it's not yeah. UFC, it's Bellator, it's PFL. And the difference between, say, UFC and WWE or AEW, like the top guys, Roman is going to be on every week. But when you have a show that is running 43 times a year, but your top guys are showing up once, maybe twice on pay-per-view, it's not the same dudes. The brand is on every week, but it's not the same dudes every week. And so what I think you're getting is a watered-down product. Like I think, and they would never do this because they're making so much money off of it, what would be best for the product is eliminate like 10 shows. And then you would have, st- you know, there used to be a time when there was, and of course I'm not trying to advocate for fighters to get less fights and things like that. But if we're just talking about the product as an entertainment, um, you know, component, there, there's, there's, there's something to be said for 10 years ago when there were half the amount of cards and it wasn't like you'd call up your friend and be like, Hey, UFC is on. I'll be right there. Now it's, I bet you, you call up your friend, Hey, UFC is on. And the response is, Oh, who's fighting? Nah, I'll wait for the next one next week. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, it's it's a slippery slope when you have that much on. And I think even pro wrestling has suffered from this. There's a lot of pro wrestling on. There's pro wrestling on every single night if you want to watch it. Um, and I think sometimes too much of a good thing is not a good thing. Do you watch any of the other stuff? Like, what all other pro wrestling stuff do you watch, Ariel? So, you know, obviously, WWE, my boys yeah. – uh, especially, I have a, a son that's nine and another one that's seven who has really got, they've both really gotten into it in the pandemic. You know, there was nothing on and I started showing them old stuff and they really got into it with the toys now and all that stuff. And it's super fun to watch wrestling through their eyes. You know, sometimes I'll watch a perfect example is uh, when Jeff Hardy beat Karrion Cross in his debut and, uh, you know, 
I'm looking at it from like, you know, the older fan and like, oh, this guy was a big deal in NXT. Why the hell did he lose in his debut? And then I go online and everyone's bitching and moaning about it. But I watch it through their eyes and they're like, oh, cool. Jeff Hardy just beat the NXT guy. Great. On to the next segment. So it's kind of fun to just suspend disbelief with the little kids. Um, I, I kind of view WWE as the 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 family show. And AEW is a bit of the uh, the adult show, if you will. Yeah. And there's you know cuss words and things like that. And they're very loyal to the WWE brand, so they don't like to, like they were mad at Punk and Brian for going over there, which is yeah. fine. I think that's kind of funny. So I watched that. Uh, I know some people who work for Impact, so I'll, I'll 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 have my you know kind of finger on the pulse. You know, the internet helps keep up with things. Yeah. And a few of my friends are big. Um, you know, uh, New Japan fans and GCW. Like, I just think the 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 business is just on fire right now. It's just yeah. really great to see it thriving. Uh, they go to the there's one in um in LA that they always talk about that they go to PWG. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, they always tell me I don't I don't live on the West Coast, so I don't have an opportunity to go. But I, it seems like a great time, and I and I would love to one of these days. Hey, Ariel, something I was I was curious about. You know, um, being that you know the MMA and, and pro wrestling connection you have with each other um do you did you ever like the like uwf japanese uwf style pro wrestling you know the submission stuff oh yeah that was great i mean uh because i wasn't sure if if it was legit not it was during the rise of uh the early days the embryonic stages of mma and some of the same characters would you know kind of go back and forth um and, you know, then you would start to see like Mark Coleman over there in Japan and yep. Kevin Randleman and Boss Rutten and Frank Shamrock. And that stuff was stiff, man. Like if it was scripted, holy smokes, they were they were beating each other up. And so that that was always very fun for me. Harder to find. Once the yeah. Internet became popular, it was easy with tapes and stuff. And I used to do that on eBay, you know, tape trading. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was really all in. Boss Rutten was really good in New Japan. I like mm. he was really good. But did you see Kevin Randleman? Oh my God! Yes, see them elbow drops he was doing. Oh my God! He was God. incredible. He was great. In fact, uh, Mark Coleman was just on my show last week because Randleman just got inducted into the yeah. Hall of Fame, and he was telling me about the first time they went to Japan for pro wrestling, and he said that um, Randleman was like jumping from side to side, it was incredible, of, like a freak athlete, yeah. and everyone was like, "You've never done this before!" Like they were just blown away at his athleticism and what he was able to do. Um, sadly, you know, passed away way too young, but uh, yeah, uh, you know that was a perfect example of like, Oh man, you know, the dudes from hammer house are over there in Japan. Right. It was amazing. Yeah. In hey, fact, yeah. when I was in college, by the way, um, I, I, I was sort of a bit of a, to steal a phrase, an outsider. Uh-huh. And, uh, I didn't like to go down the path that everyone else was going. I went to Syracuse university and everyone there wanted to be, you know, the next baseball, basketball, football guy. And that was never really my thing. So I actually had my own, um, wrestling slash mma radio show at the student radio station this is 2001 2002 2003 and uh man i would write to guys and like like i had bobby the brain on may rest in peace for an hour and a half just telling me old school stories tommy dreamer dan severn all these guys uh, i remember maven came on one time because that was during tough enough it was uh it was great to you know this was you know, kind of the early days of the UFC was only eight years old, but uh, you know, so that I, I, I've loved wrestling, but I also loved the interviews and talking to the the guys. And I've always yeah. felt that there was a connection between the, uh, the two worlds. Hey, Ariel, did, when you were at Syracuse, did anyone ever talk about Dick Byer and Mike Rotundo? Uh, Mike Rotundo? Yes, for sure. Not Dick. Uh, Mike is Dick, a legend. So, but uh, do you know, who Dick Byer was the original destroyer. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, Rotundo, uh, of course, his son. Uh, his son, by the way, has one of the all-time great real names. Like, if he goes to AEW, I hope they go by his – what is it? It's uh, Wyndham Rotundo, Wyndham right? Rotundo, yeah. Oh, what an incredible name. It's amazing. I, I, thought, I thought that was his nickname. I was like, yeah. oh, that's cool. They're paying homage to his families. I thought for a long time that was a nickname. When I found out his real name was Wyndham Rotundo, I was like, oh, man, dude, that guy's got a license to print money. That's the greatest name ever for a wrestler. That's great. I, I'm a huge fan of his. I hope that he gets back on his feet and uh, we could see him again soon. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Hey, hey Nick, man, like we're, we're running over time here. Aaron. Sure. I'll put, a, I'll put, a, I got one last thought here because, uh, right. Ariel, obviously you're a competent adult with children, which we don't have a whole lot of on this show. Uh, I loved your thought about watching uh, WWE through uh, kids' eyes and not through like the smart wrestling fans that are largely listening to the show. So from your educated perspective, do you think WWE needs to change anything? Or is the model they have right now, despite the, the fans that are older complaining, it's a good model that is obviously successfully targeting the demo they want to go after and make tons of money, you know? Well, uh, so I believe, look, if it was up to me, and again, this might not fit their business model, less is more. I wish that there was less. Now, I know that... Um, you know, some of the boys in the back wouldn't like that. But just as a fan, it, it's hard to keep up with everything, right? Three hours yeah. on Monday, two hours on Friday, NXT, this and that. Um, I have never been a fan of the brand split. I hate the brand split, just being honest. Like, I like I, I like knowing someone's going to show up here on SmackDown. Someone's going to show up here on Raw. Like, it's all very unpredictable. To me, wrestling is at its best. Just ask. Mr. Waltman, when things are unpredictable, right? No one thought yes. you would win one, two, three, kid, and you shocked the damn world. And that, you know, <laughs> set you on your path. And so wrestling, when it's unpredictable, to me is at its best. That's why I actually didn't hate the Jeff Hardy win over Karrion Cross, because everyone would have thought, oh, of course Cross is going to beat Hardy. Unpredictable. That's what I love about MMA. You never know who's going to win. And so I, w you know, it's kind of funny that we're talking about this. I think the draft is tomorrow. It starts yeah. tomorrow. I, I wish that they would get rid of the draft, just have the big pool of guys, and they could jump around from here to there because uh, I think that there's not enough top-tier talent to split them up. And that's why we see so many of these rematches over and over and over, a lot of the same matches, and it gets a little bit stale that way. So I think that AEW is benefiting from the fact that everyone's under one roof, one umbrella. They're pushing the limits here and there. They're giving you a bit longer matches with some you know well-drawn-out storylines. Uh, I like that. Um, and so I, I just think that sometimes, you know, they need to, you know, a, a little bit kind of take a step back and, and look that, you know, maybe something that worked 10, 15 years ago isn't working now, evolve with the times. They're doing well. I think they're, they're gearing towards kids a little bit more. Uh, and that's fine. I just don't like when it feels redundant. Like how many times are we going to see Rhea Ripley go up against Charlotte Flair? Like, you know, the, the, the fresher, uh, the more unpredictable. I think it's great to see the Hurt Business back together. Yeah. I think that was a huge mistake to break them up. They get a little too impatient with things. You know, like this is me nitpicking, but overall, I just want the point to be made. I think wrestling is on fire right now, and I'm very happy to see it on fire. And dare I say, I think at times it's a little more interesting than the sport that I cover because of the fact that they're able to use the same guys and come back and there's some legit competition. There is nothing in MMA like AEW, meaning a secondary promotion that the fans live and breathe um, all things AEW. They're willing them to the top. They're willing them to success. They, 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 you know, Tony Khan can do no wrong. There isn't any of that in MMA. And you like MMA was great when Pride was there, when Strike Force was there. You need that Amen. second promotion, I think, to you know to raise the level of uh, 
you know, uh, competition and to up everyone's game. And so I think that pro wrestling is benefiting from that right now. Hell yeah. All right, cool. Ariel, I want to thank you so much for dropping by, man. This is a great conversation yeah. you down the road for sure. Oh, my pleasure guys. Thank you for having me, Sean. You're the man. And you know, I just want to say something. Yeah. I think one time I, did I piss you off one time? Is this no. legit? I didn't piss no. you off. I know what you're talking about, but, um, I was the Xbox heat thing. Yes. No. I said Xbox heat. And I think I pissed you off. And I, and I just want to say, no, you I am didn't. sorry. You didn't miss me off. But you know what happens when, when is the people get on Twitter and they, they do the, the uh, you know, snitch tagging and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. no, dude. Like, I, honestly, I was man, bummed when I thought I pissed you off. And so no. when Nick invited me on, I was like, oh, maybe I don't want to be. I don't want to live trying in a world. to stir that up. Don't worry. Trust me. I'm I don't want to live in a world where Xbox <laughs> is an enemy of mine. I don't want to no. live in that world. So I have immense <laughs> respect. I just think that that's like a cool phrase from back in the day. And only like the hardcore fans know what that means. Uh, but you're the man. You're a Hall of Famer. I think a multiple-time Hall of Famer at this point, and uh, well-deserved. There you go. Well-deserved. And uh, this this is an honor for me. So thank you for Thanks, having man. me. Success, guys. Thank you, Ariel. Have an awesome day, man. All right, guys. Take care. All right, everyone. That's it for this episode of Pro Wrestling for Life. Uh, big thank you to Ariel Helwani, my man Santos Escobar. And uh, what was that girl's name? Jesse somebody? Was it Jesse girl or boy? Jesse Baker did not show up. We don't have to say thank you to Jesse. He is a man, and he didn't show up to play our game. And Jesse, I don't know when or if he'll be back. You know showed us. Hey, man, like, Jesse's a girl. My son's name is Jesse, you know, so I, I was asking. Like, okay. it was, wasn't, like, trying to. Anyways, whatever. <laughs> I didn't take it as an insult. I didn't take it as an insult. You know, I was going to tell you what the game was, that, you know, to kind of wrap up, but I actually like this game, and it's not some dumb improv game. It's like an actual, like, multiple choice kind of, not really a multiple choice, but it's a game. I'm going to keep it in my back pocket, and we'll play it again next week. So, again, if you want to play the game at Pro Rest for Life, shoot us a DM. You can DM me at Nick underscore Houseman. Uh, however you want to get a hold of us, let us know you want to play. Uh, and of course, iTunes reviews are always so, so helpful. If you are so moved, you enjoy the show, you want to let other people know, you want to help us find more fans to listen to the show and enjoy it with you, go over to iTunes, leave a nice comment, five-star rating, uh, always appreciated. And that's all I got for this week, Sean. Okay. We'll see you next week then. Bye.